0: Well, greetings everyone. It is so good to be with you all on this first day of January in the year 2022. <sighs> Glad to be celebrating another year with you in the Lord. Now speaking of celebration, that's what we're going to be talking about in this episode. The discipline of celebration. The discipline of celebration. In his book, Celebration of Disciplines, Richard Foster writes this, Celebration is central to all the spiritual disciplines. Without a joyful spirit of festivity, the disciplines become dull, death-breathing tools in the hands of modern Pharisees. Every discipline should be characterized by carefree gaiety and a sense of thanksgiving joy is part of the fruit of the spirit galatians five twenty two. 22 and uh, richard foster still writing here often i am inclined to think that joy is the motor the thing that keeps everything else going without joyous celebration to infuse the other disciplines we will sooner or later abandon them Joy produces energy. Joy makes us strong. So you see, celebration is an essential piece of the spiritual life. Let me see if I can put this together for you. In both our December episodes, we talked about the discipline of confession, both personal and communal. We follow that up with talking about the discipline of repentance, God's gift to his people to draw us back to himself, following periods of sin in our lives. But sometimes we might be tempted to stay there, focusing on our sins and our failures, struggling to move beyond them. This immobility, my friends, causes us to miss out on the powerful message of the gospel, a message that offers hope. In the words of the classic Christmas carol, O Holy Night, which is my favorite, by the way, in this message of hope, the weary soul rejoices. Did you catch that? The weary soul rejoices. And that is why we celebrate, my friends, now, if the last couple of years have been as uh, troublesome for you as they have been for me, you might be wondering, what could we possibly have to celebrate? This has, after all, been a traumatic two years for all of us. We have been rocked by a global pandemic. Maybe you know or know of someone. Who has been affected by covid maybe even a close friend or family member we have had civil unrest resulting in racial tensions across our great land with violence and rioting in many cities and last but not least fierce political lines have been drawn on a number of issues causing disunity and division even in the church of our Lord. Maybe for you, a relationship was affected by political disagreements. So on the surface, we don't have a whole lot to celebrate. Or do we? Stay tuned. We just celebrated the birth of our Savior. We rejoiced as we reflected on how God came to be our Emmanuel God with us in the midst of strife and conflict look how the gospel writer Luke sets the stage to describe the context in which Jesus was born Luke 2 1 reads in those days a decree went out from Caesar Augustus that all the world should be registered now folks No word in scripture is ever wasted. Luke sets the stage not only for this census, but for the events that would follow as well, including the birth of Jesus. He says that this happened under the rule of Caesar Augustus. Now why is that significant? Jesus' birth took place while the Jews were under Roman oppression. This is why all their hopes and dreams were on Messiah. They thought he had come to deliver them from the Romans, which of course he did not. He came to deliver us from the horrible effects of sin. So now that we understand the context, let's fast forward to the birth of Jesus. The scene is familiar, perhaps overly familiar, to most of us. You have these shepherds um, who are watching their sheep one night when an angel appears to them and tells them the exciting news. The long-awaited Messiah, the Savior of the world, is here. Let's pick it up at verse 9 of Luke 2. And an angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were filled with fear. For the angel said to them, Fear not, for behold, I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all the people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Saviour, who is Christ the Lord. And this will be a sign for you. You will find a baby wrapped in swaddling clothes and lying in a manger. And then the celebration kicks into high gear. Verse 13. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly hosts praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, And on earth, peace among those with whom he is pleased. This is God's celebratory message of salvation right out of the gate. This is what we are to celebrate, not just at Christmas time, but in the everyday spheres of our lives. And we should tell others of this good news. We call this the Great Commission. And that's exactly what the shepherds did. After the angel left them, they went off to tell others of this glorious news. Celebration has always been a staple in the lives of God's people, as far back as the Old Testament. There was the observance, for example, of the year of Jubilee. During this time of celebration, all the social stipulations of the year, cancelling all debts, uh, freeing slaves, not planting crops, returning property to the original owner, were a celebration of the gracious provision of God. You see, the people knew that the God they served could be trusted to provide whatever they needed. In Leviticus 25:21, the Lord declares, I will command my blessing upon you. Richard Foster puts it this way, Freedom from anxiety and care forms the basis for celebration. Because we know He cares for us, we can cast all our care upon Him. During my second trek through the Old Testament recently, I noticed the significance of all the feasts and festivals God's people engaged in. They were simply celebrating the abundance of God's goodness and His gracious work in their lives. In fact, God initiates most of these because He knows that we probably would not do this on our own. We are, after all, a forgetful people. My all-time favorite book of the Old Testament, in fact, is the book of Nehemiah. We see God's people celebrating the rebuilding of the wall of Jerusalem. There was food, singing, prayers, scripture, a real party. They did, after all, have something to celebrate. The wall had been in ruins for years until that great day when the Lord commissioned Governor Nehemiah to take the lead in rebuilding it, despite opposition from his enemies. And there are thousands of examples of God's people engaging in the discipline of celebration despite their circumstances. For example... Paul tells the church at Philippi to rejoice in the Lord always. And again, I say rejoice, Philippians 4.4. He is saying that joy should be a consistent part of the life of a Christian. And it's not based on our circumstances, but in a vital, exciting relationship with Jesus Christ. And Paul knows what he's talking about, right? He's writing from prison after all, and the people he's writing to are dealing with persecution from the Roman authorities, disunity in the church, a host of things. And yet, Paul says that their lives should be characterized by joy and celebration. And let me just emphasize here that this is not something we can infuse ourselves with from within. This is not pumping ourselves up whenever we're uh, feeling horrible inside. This is a result of walking in the spirit. What is one of the, the fruit, not fruits, of the spirit? Joy. Joy. And if you're not experiencing that, pray to God that you would. He wants you to have that joy in Him in spite of your circumstances. Now, friends, I don't know where you are right now. I don't know what circumstances you're facing. Maybe you're facing a difficult, seemingly hopeless marriage. Maybe you're experiencing a prodigal son or daughter. Maybe you're experiencing job loss. Maybe you're experiencing some pretty dire health challenges, either yourself or someone you deeply care about. I don't have the answers for you, but I know who does. I want to just encourage you to pour out your heart to him. I'm going through a pretty uh, challenging season myself, but the one thing that helps me is speaking the truth of God to my soul. As we close today's program, I want to share with you um, some of the scriptures that have helped me, and I hope they are encouraging to you. Number one, in Psalm 3011, David says to God, You have turned for me my mourning into dancing. You have loosed my sackcloth and clothed me with gladness. Every time I hear that scripture, I always think about uh, a worship song we used to sing at church. You have turned my mourning into dancing. You have turned my sorrow into joy. Oh, anyway. (laughs) So on the other side of your pain, or even in the midst of your pain, You can speak this truth over yourself. Number two. In the same chapter, just a few verses earlier, David speaks this truth in verse five. Weeping may tarry for the night, but joy comes with the morning. David has no doubt spent some pretty um, sleepless nights weeping, shedding an ocean of tears, as no doubt many of you have. But he is able to speak this truth to his soul and see the other side of his pain. Number three. Now, I came across this one um, during my devotions recently. Psalm chapter 5, verses 11 and 12. It says, Let all who take refuge in you rejoice. Let them ever sing for joy and spread your protection over them, that those who love your name may exult in you. For you bless the righteous, O Lord. You cover him with favor as with a shield." So we can rejoice in this truth because we know God is our refuge, our shield, our protector the one who cares for us and watches over us. So we can rejoice. We can burst out in song in worship and praise to our God. Love that. Number four. Sometimes when life gets me down, I turn to the worship psalms, some of which have been set uh, to music. Here are a couple of my all-time favorites. Psalm 66, 1-5 Shout for joy to God, all the earth. Sing to the glory of his name. Give to him glorious praise. Say to God, how awesome are your deeds. So great is your power that your enemies come cringing to you. All the earth worships you and sing praises to you. They sing praises to your name. Selah. Come and see what God has done. He is awesome in his deeds towards the children of man. And last but not least, Psalm 105, through 5. O give thanks to the Lord. Call upon his name. Make known his deeds among the peoples. Sing to him. Sing praises to him. Tell of all his wondrous works. Glory in his holy name. that the hearts of those who seek the Lord rejoice. Seek the Lord and his strength. Seek his presence continually. Remember the wondrous works that he has done. His miracles and the judgments he uttered. So we not only marvel and rejoice at God's marvelous deeds, but we share those with others. I hope this program has been a blessing to you. To invite others into the conversation, please remember to like, follow, and share. Also, the next time you're on your favorite podcast app, please rate us or write a review. We love hearing from our listeners in this way. Until next time, may you continue abiding and rejoicing in Christ. God's blessings to you all.